You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries is a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation and has been since day one. These guys are the expert in their field when it comes to batteries and how to use them, what you need, what you don't need, and everything in between when it comes to batteries. These guys have thousands, literally thousands of retail stores all over the United States. Go check out their website, interstatebatteries.com, if you want to find out more information about the batteries that these guys offer, or simply visit one of those local retail stores and talk with a specialist for all your battery needs. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. This is the Hunting Gear Podcast, and just like the title implies, we cover all things hunting gear and equipment. From discussions with the top manufacturers to product reviews from past hunting experiences, our goal is to provide you with reliable and unbiased product information in hopes of educating you on new products and assisting in future purchases. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast starts right now. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm joined once again by my co-hosts, Mr. Bob Polanik. Happy New Year, dude. Happy New Year to you, Dan. Do anything exciting for the New Year? I did not. I was uh, I was on call for work. It was my holiday to work, so uh, yeah, didn't do anything. I did watch the ball drop but uh, on my TV with my wife, but um, yeah, was into work by... 7 a.m. January 1st. <laughs> uh, you, you guys didn't get that off? Uh, we we do, but uh, it's uh, with the wastewater treatment and water treatment, right? Um, because of the DEQ, you've got to run lab tests x amount of days a week, and they don't they don't care if it's a holiday or not. So right. I got gotcha. you. Yep. Let's see. All of my kids were asleep by. Nine o'clock. My wife was asleep by nine o'clock. I got to watch a movie by myself uninterrupted and didn't have to explain it to anybody, which was awesome. And I had four glasses of wine and I was uh, in bed before midnight. So that, there, there you go. That's a win at my age. Is that like a constant? It's got to be a constant with kids. Just always, always answering the question why. Uh, well, I was, I was, <laughs> I was talking about my wife. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Oh, Mo- really most of the, yeah. The most of the movies that 
uh, most of the movies that I watch with my kids really don't need any explaining. It's just like flashing lights on a TV, and that's what gets their attention, and then they forget about it in two minutes. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. So, yeah, that was my New Year's Eve, dude. And, um, you know, that's what I kind of want to talk about is this new year. I want to do a kind of a, a year in review of some of the gear that we've talked about. I want to look forward to uh, – 2020 and talk about some of the gear that we're going to be using or we want that are going to make it in our pack or whatnot for the upcoming year and then i also uh want to talk about the ata show that's coming up and i think that's the, uh, a great place to start because me and you and our buddy parker over at southern ground we're going to be heading to indianapolis indiana we're going to be going to the archery trade association show which for those who don't know what that is that is a very large room two large rooms filled with all of the you know all of the hunting gear within the industry for the most part uh there are some companies that don't go uh but for the most part a lot of the companies that sell archery equipment that sell hunting gear like even boots and you know broadheads and bows and camo they're all going to be in this room and it's an awesome place to just go and check it out all the new gear that these companies are coming out with uh, meet new people meet awesome innovators meet uh, old friends and uh, i love going because I, you get to run into people who you don't get to run into every uh you know all the time but have you ever been to an ata show i have not i have not um here in michigan um grand rapids is a pretty big city it's actually where i was born and raised i live a i live a couple hours north of it now kind of um on the country but grand rapids has a uh, pretty good sports show every year i would imagine it's quite like that but it covers you know hunting fishing camping you know rv stuff right. like that so um i've never done no never gone to an ata show um very excited Sl- slightly slightly intimidated you know it seems like it's <laughs> it seems to be a lot of a lot of chatting going on what's but, uh, intimidating about it that that you think um well i'll tell you one thing and i actually had this fear of uh when we when you first asked me to uh co-host the podcast my wife always gets on my ass about how slow i talk and uh so there's that there's always that that can kind of be in the back of my mind when I'm having a conversation with someone for the first time. Yeah. It's like, Oh man, am I talking too slow? Am I dragging on? Is it, you know, am I just boring them? (laughs) But, um, so yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, I don't know. I think what kind of blows me away is it's such a big social event. I mean, outside looking in, Mm -hmm. it looks like a big social event. And if you think about hunting, it's really not a social activity. A lot of, a lot of guys like to go hunting, because there is nobody else there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. peace and quiet. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm a pretty social guy and I'm, I'm fairly confident I can hold my own in that setting, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's new. That's right. all. Right. And something uh, I've never, something I've never done before. Yeah. I think you'll like it, especially, you know, me and you, we talk about gear a lot and yeah. well, that's the premise of this podcast, but, we talk about gear, but now it's time to go and check out all the new gear that's coming out or some of the um, brands that maybe we haven't covered yet or topics that we haven't or categories, I should say, that we that we haven't uh, covered yet on this episode. And we are actually going to dude, we're going to be have having like 
nine podcasts on average per day we're going to be recording. So we have a busy schedule, but we're going to be talking with a lot of brands within the hunting industry. And we're going to try to, what we're, my goal is here is to have these 30 minute uh, episodes and then mash them together with other categories. So if we talk with, um, for example, we have lacrosse boots on the docket, we have crispy on the docket. So I'm going to interview both, or me and you, we're going to interview both of these brands, and then we're going to put it together on one podcast, and it's going to be like hunting boots, right? And then we're going to do it with broadheads, and hopefully, I don't have too many bow manufacturers set up, because I think, um, number one, this is their busiest show, and number two, uh, I feel like when it comes to bows, a lot of people are just going to say the same exact thing. Right. It's like, oh, right. this is exciting new technology. This is our new flagship boat. It's one of our best boats we've ever made. Uh, OK, I guess, you know, like I don't get too jacked up about the bow side of things unless it is really something that that blows me away. I don't I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I I hear you. There's there. I don't think there's been a huge breakthrough in technology probably in I don't know, probably a decade, really um with with bows it's just i think there was a probably a good breakthrough a couple of years ago with uh some bows that came out that just really focused on killing all noise and vibration but um i don't know it seems like we've kind of hit that that speed mark and i'm not sure that they're going to get much more speed out of them yeah. i mean there's some is it pse i think it's got like a like a rpm 360 or something like that i don't know many that are are shooting much faster than that yeah so i mean there's only so much from a mathematical standpoint that you can do to something to make it perform better right unless right. like the material you use for limbs they have to be they have to be more responsive the cams have to be more aggressive the i don't know the the, the draw length is a standard the poundage has to be a standard right for me i i have a 29 inch draw and i have a i i pull 70 pounds right so that is my uh, is my standard in the equation of what my bow has to be and then so it's the material outside of that it's the design outside of that that makes a bow shoot faster or slower or i guess more quote unquote more forgiving or whatever but I think when it comes to uh, bows, we're going to hit a plateau, and the next really big design feature is going to be something that is energy added. Um, so it will actually make the the bow release faster, if that makes sense. Right. Like you have to. Click. Right, it, it does. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. We'll see. Maybe there's going to be something there that blows us away, but um, uh, right. It seems like every year, again, I've never gone, so it's always been outside looking in, following, you know, all the social media posts. But it seems like every year there's there's some sort of – there's one or two, like, really groundbreaking inventions. I know, like, two years ago, I want to say it was, like, that Garmin site with the built-in rangefinder. Yeah. That was big. And then there was also, like, the the 360 ground blind. Oh, yeah. Where, the pre, by yeah, Primo's. That, or was it Primos? Yeah. yeah. They, the, the one you can see through the fabric. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I know that was all. I think that was both those were two years ago. Yep. I want to say last year, a big one was, 
um, the Lone Wolf guys, and I don't know if it's like a, I know it's, it was, is it Cody D'Aquisto? Yeah, Cody and Andre D'Aquisto, yeah. Yeah, it seems like they came out with like a super lightweight um, mobile hunting system, even though like, I think the tree stand itself was like 500 bucks and like three sticks was like another 400 so um so i remember being terribly expensive but it was incredibly lightweight and it collapsed it collapsed down very slim profile so i remember that being a big one from last year i just uh that's kind of all that stuck out to me but so yeah every year that seems like there's something big that comes out so yeah it'll be fun so i think i talked to you a little bit i'm gonna put you on the spot here i don't care what the answer is but uh um did i said hey i want you to go out and do some research on things that we may want to check out at the ATA show, any brands that have uh, come out with something new that you've noticed, or maybe they'll be debuting something at the ATA show. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I did some research and I quickly found that it seems like most companies aren't really sharing that it, to find that information was tough. Yeah. I actually found more information uh, like kind of scouring through um, hunting Facebook groups and hearing, like seeing guys talk about different stuff coming out. Yep. Um, there's a small company called Out on a Limb that's yes. going to be there. Yes. And I'm pretty intrigued by them. So um, should probably reach out to them, eh? Yeah, dude, I already did reach out to them, and I think we're going to stop by their booth and chat with them while uh, okay. while we're there. They're, they're coming okay. out with a new climbing stick. That seems yeah. to be pretty cool, pretty um, packable, so to speak. Yeah. You know, it kind of falls in line with uh, uh, the Lone Wolf product line and, uh, and and the Lone Wolf custom gear line. But it looks pretty innovative, right? Another another climbing stick that, you know, these public land guys, man, I, I think when you can start when you start talking about ounces and weight and, you know, packing in all this light, some dudes just get off on that. Like, mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. for me, I'm not a weight guy. I mean, I, I don't care. I want, when I get to the tree, I want to be able to set up easily. And I think I do that with the system that I have now. But then again, I am not packing in four or five miles into, you know, into the, the mountains of Virginia or, you know, wherever these guys, these public land guys who are are walking miles and miles to get back in there. I'm not doing that. I'm, I think the furthest I walk from my truck to a hunting spot is just under a mile, just under one mile on on a piece yeah. of private ground. Which is, I mean, that's a decent hike. Yeah, I know that. I know the we we talked about this previously on a. It might have actually been on the the Nine Fingers podcast, but uh, the, the second buck I shot this year. It was point as Onyx drew it out. It was point eight three miles, and the reason I went there is because it was the furthest tree stand because it was so cold that morning. I wanted the furthest walk. Yeah, and that's that's a hike, man. That's yeah. a that's a fifteen minute walk in the morning. So, right. Um, I I also saw I got an email from John Eberhart. Um, it looks like for all the saddle hunters, it looks like he's got a signature saddle coming out. Yep. And then that. so does so does Tethered. Tethered's got a phantom saddle it's supposed to be a one size fits all so i'm kind of intrigued by the saddle the saddle movement i i want to try it i honestly want to try it to just to prove to myself that i don't want to do it yeah 
because I just, I don't know. I think the the going back to what you were saying about weight, I think that when I don't know our mentality, I think you and I think alike. You do a lot of physical prep for elk season, right? You follow it up with whitetail season, so you're in pretty good shape. You're used to carrying a lot of gear a long ways in the mountains and stuff like that. By the time whitetail season comes, it's really not that big of a deal yeah. to have 15 pounds on your back and walk a mile, two miles, something like that. And I'm just not seeing how, like with with saddle hunting, you still have to climb the tree. Yeah. So what's the difference if, for me, carrying a an 11 or 12 or 14 pound stand? Because really, that's that the yeah, really that's the only extra weight. Yeah, that's the only difference, because right. unless you're the guy who has like two climbing sticks and the aiders that you hear people talk about on there, right? right. The, the rope ladders and, and all that shit. I, yep. I don't know. I, uh, maybe, maybe it's something that I, I need to screw around with this summer and, you know, use my, <laughs> use my quote unquote weight and say, Hey man, send me uh send me a saddle. Let me play around with it or yeah. <laughs> borrow one, borrow, borrow one from buddy and, and really try to just, just like it, man. I honestly don't know how you're going to convince me that shooting out of a saddle um, in a quick, you know, like, oh, shit, this deer, it's a, I'm right-handed, and if the deer is coming to, you know, at my back from the right, how am I, how am I going to get, get around to that without moving all the way around in the tree, right? Especially yeah. when, if I just want to turn around, it's almost like I have to do a lot more movement in the tree. But I'm sure there's guys out there that will be able to convince me wrong who have, you know, more experience in that side of thing. But I don't know. Yeah, I agree. The the, the comfort of it, too, because once you, I don't know, once you start, if you don't hunt all day, you're still sitting four or five hours at a time mm-hmm. during the rut. And there is nothing that I like more than hunting out of a hang on, flipping the seat up and just standing there with one shoulder up against the tree, yeah. leaning on it. Yeah. You know, that's, that is I can stand like that for a half hour straight without moving. And I just, yeah, I'd have to, like, again, like you're saying, you'd have to try it to really understand if it's comfortable or not. Yeah. Uh, I heard Lone Wolf. This is just a little, uh, the original Lone Wolf, not the new. <laughs> this, is, this is always difficult to talk about because when you talk about Lone Wolf, people still think it's one company. It's not one company. It's two companies, right? You have the Lone Wolf. And then you have Lone Wolf Custom Gear, which is the DeQuistos. And then you have XOP, which is a version of the Lone Wolf stands that the DeQuistos are in some way, shape, or form involved in. So it's almost three, three companies there. And it can, be, it can be confusing at times. But what I'll say is the original Lone Wolf, uh, Lone Wolf tree stands that are made in America, in Illinois, they, I heard rumors that they're coming out with a new stand or a platform or something like that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the details. I just heard we're coming out with something new and I don't know. We'll see. We'll be there. We'll, uh, I actually have them on the, uh, docket to interview while we're there. So we'll get a firsthand, we'll get firsthand, uh, knowledge right from the horse's mouth on that one. Anything else that you've kind of, uh, uh, that you've kind of, heard rumblings about or saw that they're coming out with something new nope nope that's um 
That's about it mm-hmm. as far as I know. It looks like Sika's coming out with some some over whites or something like that. Um, I've just seen there's a guy Brad Christian that I follow. Um, he's he's a duck hunter, waterfowl hunter mainly, and it looks he's he's a Sika gear ambassador, and he's been wearing some just like white Sika gear, so. For like I don't the know that. snow late season or yep. snow type environment, yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. Other than that, um, no, I have not. Like I said, it was kind of hard to find the new information. I, I feel like they're everyone's kind of tight lipped until this show happens, right? So, all right. So when when you go there, um, it, it's not only are we going to be doing a lot of podcasting, quote unquote, work talking about hunting gear, but we're also going to have some time to walk the show floor and check out the booth spaces ourselves. Is there any category that you're interested in looking at while you're there just to maybe get in, get some insight on what you're looking for as far as new gear and equipment for 2020? Yeah, I would like to uh I'd like to find like the stationary climbing sticks. Um something that like I kind of discovered muddy climbing sticks, the the ones that you put all together and they end up being 20 feet tall. Yeah. And you, you know, you use that for your your stationary setups. I'd like to find a a good option for that. Um I've noticed with those a lot of times you know, they're aluminum, so they can echo pretty good when you're climbing up and down them. So just try to find something that's silent. Um, I've, I've heard that it's a great opportunity to shoot every single bow yeah. on the market. Um, I, I live in northern Michigan, uh, not n- no real big towns around. So um, I've kind of got access to Matthews Hoyt, Prime, and PSE. But as far as like expedition or otec or obsession bows or anything like that uh i don't have a dealer anywhere near me so uh be interested to shoot those yeah um and by the way that's almost impossible to do the past couple years that i've went i've had my buddy ryan eiberg uh come on the podcast after come to the show with me and he shot as many bows as he possibly could uh throughout the three-day period and (laughs) I think towards the end of the the show, he just he didn't even want to shoot a bow anymore. He was <laughs> he was shooting every bow. He was kind of taking notes, and you can't you can't shoot every bow, especially when a a bow manufacturer is coming out with like, you know, four or five new bows within a year. It's hard to shoot. Yeah, you know that all those bows. So I just had him shoot the the new flagship bows for the hunter. And, uh, he, he did a really good job of that, but it's almost impossible to do. And another thing that kind of, when he was shooting this, he's voicing his opinion on what a bow feels like. And it's hard to talk about a product like a bow when it's such a, a feely product. It's one of those, it's one of those things where for me, I like a hard stop back wall, a big whoomp at the end Mm -hmm. some people like Mm -hmm. a spongy back wall a real soft one Uh, i like a hard one i like a smooth draw cycle other people don't have a problem with a rough you know a hard pull up front you know i like a short axle to axle some people like a long like if i if i could create the perfect bow um i would love it to be 30 inches axle to axle nothing more 
And I think that's perfect for being a mobile hunter, uh, not only from the truck to the tree stand, but out west, you know, keeping that axle to axle short, just walking through the brush, walking through deadfall, all that, all that kind of thing. But it's such a, a touchy-feely pro- uh, product that it's hard to, I don't know, talk about a, a bow when the only thing you have to go by is your own personal experience and your own opinions. Right, right. So, yeah, just real quick, what do you, what do you like in a bow? Um, I actually like a longer axle axle. The current bow that I shoot has a 35-inch axle axle, and I absolutely love it because um, the angle of the string is wider, you know? Mm-hmm. So it keeps that peep a little closer to my eye. And I have a – I think I've got like a – might be a quarter-inch peep. So I can see. Man, I can see a lot through my peep. And I – I close my left eye when I'm aiming and stuff like that. I know you're supposed to keep both eyes open. I, I've tried numerous times to shoot that way, and I, I just can't do it. Yeah, I can't. Um, so, um, but, yeah, it, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to buy a new bow this year as well. Gotcha. So, um, so, yeah, definitely just looking forward to that. I, I would like to get something a little shorter because, like you said, elk hunting, um, it can be a little, a little bit of a problem. I mean – it's a 35-inch axle-to-axle, and then it's got, you know, dinner plates for cams on it. Yep. So it's probably actually like 40 inches axle-to-axle. Yeah. And that can be – it can be a little bit much to uh, yeah. navigate through the, the woods with that sometimes, or the mountains. Yeah. But, I think for me, yeah. one of the things that I'm going to be interested in looking at um, – and not, not every boot manufacturer is going to be there, but my Sitka's – or my Sitka's, my uh, Crispies have pretty much run their course as far as a backcountry. I, I need, the, I've had them for what, two years now? Yeah, two years of elk hunting and whitetail hunting and, you know, wearing them to train in and all that stuff. So uh, it's time for me to get a new backcountry boot. And I, I'm going to look at Crispy again. I'm going to look at lacrosse and, and what what they're offering uh look at all the boot manufacturers there that's what i'm really interested in uh Canatrax, um what are some other brands uh and then obviously some of the brands that probably won't be there like uh solomon uh morels all those you know those uh, traditional hiking boots to see if uh, there's something that uh is going to do good but I'm, I'm telling you right now i like i like my crispies i like the way they feel i just want something maybe a little bit more waterproof on the top end of the boot. Okay. I hear you. Yeah. I hear it. Do you run, um, uh, do you run, uh, gators? Okay. So on my elk hunt, I didn't, but on my mule hunt, I did. And they, they, that was a big thing. Like, and then I, I wore some gators even during the early uh, part of bow season this year. Just so, you know, walking to the stand, bottom of my pants wouldn't get wet if I had to cross a creek because right. I uh, I didn't wear a big rubber boot this year like we talked about. I wore a the Atlas from lacrosse with gaiters uh, for some of the time. And then depending on if I had to cross a creek for that setup or um, and then used my wool socks and then boot covers. And that's another thing that I would, right. uh, an, another company I would really love to talk with at the ATA show is Arctic Shield because their boot covers, I'm a believer in them this year. 
after after using them i want to i want to know the the details about how it works i think they actually have that information in in video form on their website but i want to know if there's any other products that that company makes that might help a guy stay warm in the tree stand right i don't know right 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 anything else on your Um, end that you're looking forward to as far as products are concerned yeah two one of them yeah one is something i'm looking forward to the other one is a question i have for you Mm -hmm. um First of all, yeah, I'm looking for a different setup as far as self-filming out of a tree because I'm not real thrilled with what I'm using right now. And I've tried uh, – I, I ordered a new camera arm, but I never got the chance to try it because I was tagged out by the time it got shipped to me. Yeah. So bummer on that one. But um, other than that, no. Is there Are there companies there that ha- – like your um, – like your – backcountry pantry and your mountain house and like uh i don't know heather's choice is another yeah backcountry meal are, are they there or is this more like strictly not strictly but i guess are they there you know i don't remember if heather's choice was there uh uh backpackers pantry or whatever that's called wasn't there uh last year it's kind of funny. I didn't want to. I didn't want to eat another showroom floor hot dog or hamburger or nachos. So I went over to the guys at Peak Refuel, and uh, I said, "Hey man, I'll give you some uh, Instagram. I'll give you an Instagram shout out if you make me one of your one of your, one of your uh, <laughs> pastas." So he made me the pesto pasta, and honestly, that encounter right there with the guys is the reason why I bought Peak Refuel this year for my uh elk and my uh my elk hunts and well i guess i didn't have it in time for my elk hunt but for my uh my mule deer hunts i ate peak refuel and that is some delicious shit right there i'm telling you man i uh i've had what's the other there's backpackers pantry and mountain house yeah mountain house uh my first experience with mountain house was a strictly mountain house diet and i got so constipated that i could not even poop for like five yeah. days and and then after that uh when i ate it again i had other foods with it like apples and bananas and things that i had in a cooler next to me uh, and had some other food along with that with that i didn't have any problems but if i was if when i, when I was on a soul uh mountain house diet i had some problems and, and i didn't have that with peak refuel this year on my mule deer hunt so I hear you. Um, uh, we talked about this back in September, I believe, or, or October after we got done. But I had multiple people reach out to me about what I said about being constipated in the mountains and how I viewed it as a positive because it was just one less thing I had to worry yeah. about. And I had a couple. I had a couple buddies actually say they had to rewind it, listen to it again, and they were like, "Did he really just say what I think he said?" But <laughs> I, I stand by it. I would rather I would rather not. I don't know. I can't do that. I feel slow and sluggish if I don't have a daily poop. I don't know. I think you just get going. Like I said, well, on top of that, so my wife's probably going to kill me for saying this, but um, she anytime. Doesn't, she doesn't listen to this, does she? She No, she said she's <laughs> listened to like one or two to make sure I don't sound like an idiot. But, um <laughs> And then when I asked her if I sound like an idiot, she just never responded. Right. So, um, but no, she, 
anytime a bowl got fired up and we were like working in on one stuff like that um i mean it's just a natural human reaction but some people um during that moment of like fight or flight they can have a natural like reaction to have to go to the bathroom like immediately yeah so there were many like stocks that we'd be on and all of a sudden she'd look back at me and she was like she'd be like i'm about to crap my pants i was like <laughs> and it happened like three times in a row and like three days in a row yeah and i was like well, what is your deal and she was like i think it's just me getting like way too excited and worked up when these bulls are screaming and my adrenaline gets going she's like i think it's just like a natural reaction so i would rather be so constipated that that doesn't happen when the moment of, you know when that moment's yeah. coming like what i mean if you've got to crap your pants and you got a bull screaming at you it's like what you you shoot you flick an arrow and then within five minutes you're just dropping trout because you got to poop your pants <laughs> like i don't i don't want that i was lucky uh when i was when i was in colorado this year I had I woke up early. I didn't just wake up, get dressed, and go. I woke up early. Uh, I got dressed. I had time to uh, pound a couple, you know, pound a cup of coffee, and that got and then eat breakfast, and that got me to the point where I needed to use the outhouse before heading out in, you know, up in the mountain. So I had a I had a pretty good poop schedule going into uh, the elk season, and uh, same, you know kind of the the other thing about the mule deer hunt is it's so it's just such a spot and stock you know you have to sit in one place for a long time and maybe you're making one or two stocks a day other than that you know you had time to take a poop you, it's not like right. it's not like the right. uh the elk rut where it's just fire going you know you have to be so mobile right. so yeah all right so uh <laughs> kind of getting <laughs> off the poop topic uh what yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah is there anything else i i would like to just see if there's any other companies out there any other clothing companies i think that's one thing i'm intrigued by the most is because i think if you can be comfortable in the stand that plays a huge role in your psyche throughout an entire season so base layers uh, you know are there any other base layers out there are there any other uh cool uh, clothing companies that I hate to say it can compete with the Sitkas and the Kuyus of the world that right. uh, might be direct right. that might be direct to consumer to where you're saving some saving some money, but you know like we like me and you found out with that that what was it fleet camo that they sent us yeah yeah those those base layers man they were itchy and right. uh, I, I I I toughed it out once with their straight merino blend their straight merino and it was okay and i think the more i would wear it the less itchiness would go away but their alpaca merino blend man that was really itchy yep so um i would love to see if there's any other new technology in the clothing especially for base layers that uh you know could make a person more comfortable in in the tree especially socks and socks Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty set on my sock game. Yeah. Um, but you know, I hear you. I don't the the Moreno base layers. Um, to this day, the best stuff I have found is the Cryptek heavyweight Moreno base layers. I mean, it's so uh, it's it's heavy enough where it honestly almost feels like like a wool like rug that you're wearing. Yeah. 
like the, the thickness, but like there's just no itch. It's it's super nice. Mm-hmm. I I will wear that during whitetail season. I'll wear that over um, any Sika Moreno base layer. So that's been my go-to for a few years. Yeah. And then, you know, there's obviously going to be some companies there that come out with new, uh, new broadheads. And when you, you know, broadheads are kind of played out, in my opinion. Uh, there's nothing really exciting that, um, you know, there's nothing too exciting for the, uh, in the whitetail world or, or broadhead world period uh, to get excited yeah. about a broadhead. I think like the technology there is going to just be the same, you know, and expandable is an expandable, yeah. just the designs of the, you know, I don't think there's anything that would, you know, cause I don't even care if I ever shoot another hundred grain, broadhead i think this year i'm stepping up to a 125 and i'm never looking back i'm going to be shooting a a 125 for the remainder of my life if not heavier of a of a broadhead and uh i don't know if there's anything out there in the broadhead game that's gonna i don't know excite me unless there's like oh dude check out this 125 grain broadhead that's four inches cutting diameter you know and and actually performs and doesn't lose all that kinetic energy yeah, I hear what you're saying, and four inches might be a bit aggressive because right, right. I mean, no matter what, no matter what, but yeah, say two, two and a half, three, three inches even. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It'd be scary to try to. Depends on what bow you're shooting. Let's back up. Depends on what bow you're shooting yeah. and your draw weight and and the weight of your arrow. Um, but yeah, something that big, you would I would want to be probably drawn more like seventy five pounds and shooting a five hundred plus grain arrow yeah um and that's that's one thing i'm i'm right there with you i'm going to 125s i'm going whatever bow i do decide on a um a requirement will be that it can be turned up to 75 pounds or even higher i don't know that i'm going to go 80 but um i've kind of thought about it uh 32 i'm I work out quite often. I'm strong enough to pull 75 pounds without too many issues, you know, yeah. on, on a cold day that I'm freezing and I've been sitting there for three hours. I believe I've never had an issue pulling 70 pounds. Uh, I would think 75 would be probably just fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, going heavier broadhead and definitely going to up my arrow weight as well. And I would like to start shooting at animals with a, with a much heavier setup. Yeah. So, so let me tell you, uh, for, some advice and it's not necessarily advice let me just share my experience i bumped up to an 80 pound bow for one season and i instantly went back down to a 70 pound bow after two seasons of shooting an 80 pound bow and i was in the gym a shit ton i was um now granted i wasn't shooting the behemoth of an arrow setup i think this year I forget if my arrow setup total arrow weight was 512 or 524, something like that. I think it was 524 was my total arrow weight for this year. And I, I wasn't even shooting. I was probably shooting 450 if, if that maybe when I was shooting 80 pounds. And I didn't like it. I think, I think 70 pounds is as high as I'll ever go again. Unless I, you know, go shoot an elephant somewhere someday or, you know, go shoot a something giant. But I think that 70 pounds with 524 grains, 
uh, is going to get you where you need to be for most North American big game animals, um, probably even moose, if I had to guess. Right, right. And I, I hear you. I agree. Um, like I said, I don't know that I would go to 80 pounds. I'd probably keep it at 75, maybe 77. The other thing I found is when you're drawn that much, I mean, your practice sessions, you can only shoot 20 arrows and then you're fatigued. Right. You know, you're all, for, well, for me. Yeah. I can only. I found you know, that out too. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So you can't have like these big, long practice sessions because after, after you're, I don't know, 12th to 20th arrow, you're just all over. You can't hold straight anyway. So what's, you're just doing more harm than good. Yeah. Unless you're, so, unless you're, you know, doing that same routine every single day, you know what I mean? Right. And, and right. I knew that from my practice sessions, even this year, you know, I, I would get out there and now you're getting into 45 minutes worth of shooting or an hour of shooting. My long range game obviously suffered when you're, when your muscles are fatigued. But then I would just get real close to the target and just basically was just reps at that point. It really wasn't even about accuracy. It was about reps. Gotcha. And uh, so I don't know. That's uh, something that I'd love to hear what you have to say if you do bump up and uh, get back, you know, get into that 75, 80 pound, 80 pound range. Let's see here. Um, now let's talk. Let's, let's see. We're, we've been at it about 40 minutes here. Let's talk about gear. You know, we, we've talked about what we want to check out at the ATA show. Is there any piece of equipment that is already out or that you heard is coming out or, or a piece or a category that you're, that you want to change or pick up for 2020 that's before your elk hunt? No, I, not that I know of. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. Come ATA show, there's going to be a list of stuff I want to buy. <laughs> leave, <But>. <laughs> your, leave all your credit card information in the. Uh, they don't take orders at this show, but uh, yeah, it's probably good because I, yeah. I know a guy like you would probably drop some cash there if uh, you just leave your your wallet in the hotel room. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I am. I am a consumer. Mm -hmm. That's definitely who I am. So yeah, it's uh, it'll be a good thing. But and uh, I don't know. So I'm, I would assume there's going to be some trail camera advancements. Um, always interested in that. I love the fact that the price of cellular cams has has gone down yep. quite a bit. But um, I still am not running cell cams. Um, that might be something I I jump into this year. I don't know. Yeah. So. I am looking for a new water filtration system before uh, I don't know if I'm going elk hunting this year or not. Um, I might be saving that, saving that money and going, uh, I, I turned 40 in November in 2020. So I think from, from 20, November 5th, 2020 to November 5th, 2021, I'm going to go big. So I'm going to save up my money and uh maybe try to do a, a really big hunt uh, maybe a once in a lifetime hunt when i turn 40 uh so this upcoming year i might just do my a south dakota mule deer hunt and that's it because it's cheap and then do whitetails and turkey and fish maybe do some more fishing this year but uh as far as uh colorado the next time i do a a, a hunt might be when i draw wyoming so but that, any of that, anyway, that's 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 uh, uh, 
a secondary topic. I want to look for a new water filtration system because I went on a, my mule deer hunt and the water filtration system that I was using a took forever to pump and B sucked. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I'm going to look for a different method of filtering water. And, uh, that other than that boots, water, uh, those are the two big things. And obviously you can get into, I don't know. I feel like with backcountry hunting, you can go, you can really go down a wormhole if you start looking at gear and equipment and spending a shit ton of money because there's always something at that next price point higher that's better than what you currently have. And yeah. uh, I found that out firsthand with my sleeping pad this year. I had a roll-up foam uh, pad that I had used in, in past hunts, past uh, Western hunts, and I I upped and spent like 200 300 bucks. I think it was 300 bucks on a sleeping pad this year. And my back and legs felt refreshed at the uh, in the morning. So that was an awesome that was an awesome investment. But I think I have I have a tent. I have a sleeping pad. I have a, a pretty good sleeping bag. If I do want to upgrade to on a sleeping bag side of things, I'm probably going to go to a colder, uh, you know, something that's a little colder. But other than that, just really the only thing I've been thinking about is water filtration. Gotcha. That is the number one requirement for life, Dan. That's right. So that's good. What about you? Uh, it's going to be bows, arrows, um, and probably a, um, uh, a a camera arm uh, in the tree camera arm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I would if there's any uh, dehydrated dehydrated food companies there, you know, like your your Mountain House or. Uh, your what is it peak refuel yeah peak refuel yeah i would definitely like to check those out if mountain ops is there giving out free samples i'd love to get all hopped <laughs> up on some some mountain ops that's always fun so let's see i uh i'm thinking boots you know someday when i have more money oh i knew i'm gonna get into the uh i have a question remind me i have a question for you after i i i talk here but I want to get into being able to sleep out of your truck and I've seen some really sweet tents that you can attach to uh, a a rack on the top of your truck or some uh, truck bed tents that pop up and you can just put your tailgate down and climb up in them or drop a ladder off of these, some of these pop-up tents. Those look awesome. And I think the price point of those is, it's pretty respectable. Now, just because it's, you know, just because it's a price doesn't mean it's affordable for anybody based off of a budget. But that's something that I definitely want to look at is, you know, depending on if I have to hike in and put, pop up a tent or if I just need to, you know, I'm coming back and I'm just exhausted from driving. I want to, you know, pop pull over, pop up a tent or go to some BLM land or, you know, a park or somewhere, pop up a tent. You have a mobile hotel room at that point. And yeah, I want to sure. I want to be able to hop in my truck with everything I need and go anywhere I want and have like yeah. a command center, so to speak. I, and I think that's going to happen probably in the next five years. I'll, I want to turn a, one of my vehicles into a command center. Nice. Um, yeah, the I think it's like TP 
TP Tents or something like that. It's spelled really weird, mm-hmm. but TP Tents, they, they're, they're a pretty big company with that. The, that's like on top of the vehicle with the ladder system to get up in your, yeah. in your tent. I don't, is it Mark Kenyon runs a pretty good system out of the back of his truck. Yeah, I don't so know. It's, I, I know he, he sleeps in the back back of his truck every once in a while, but uh, I don't, I don't know what he does. I he, I just know he has a sleeping bag back there and goes. To you sleep. should um, you should go on a should go on a trip with him and ask if you can <laughs> test it out with him. Can I? Hey, <laughs> hey dude, can I borrow your truck and right. just leave him at home? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I knew what I was going to ask you. Reselling of your current hunting gear. Do you sell? your old gear somewhere online or sell it to buddies so you have money to upgrade uh yes both okay so i always i always run it by my buddies first and then um after that uh, yeah facebook marketplace yeah. quite often yeah so I'll it's tell just you, so it's just easy yeah i'll tell you what facebook marketplace has a pretty quick turnaround um i had an extra ozonics that i sold on there guy a guy from i believe wisconsin bought it it's like hey dude how much you know this is what i want for it it's one of the older models uh the the hr 300 is what i sold and sold it to him and put it in the mail shipped it uh, facebook marketplace it's that easy right um i feel like if you go on some of these forums people just i don't know chew your ass on the price oh i ain't paying that when on a facebook marketplace it's more of a this is what i'm charging they'll say they won't they won't try to you know work you down on price they will say uh will you take this nope will you take this nope i put a i put a lone wolf stand on there the other day that i had and and, you know i have an extra one and so i sold it on i sold it there for you want to talk about a product that holds its value is a lone wolf tree stand. Right. Uh, I was able to sell it for 50 bucks less than what I bought it for. And that's it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, you know, you you talk about a functional product. I mean, it, it it works absolutely as advertised and it has great resale value. So, uh, that's a, that's a win right there, but I don't, you know, I typically, when it comes to clothing, I'll give that away to him. Like, my stepdad, I give him a lot of uh, clothing that I get. I'm trying to think of what else. Um, but when I sell it, it's just as simple as throwing it up on Facebook and saying, hey, I'm selling this. And then people reach out and they're like, yeah, I'll take it. Yep. Yep. I do. I don't do so much with, I don't ever sell tree stands because if I'm going to, I mean, I would rather just put a, a tree stand up in a permanent location than sell yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I also have to worry about, I have to consider like, having enough spots for my wife to hunt as well. So I'm always trying to put every time I'm trying to put one tree stand up, it's usually two in case we're both going to hunt the same day or whatever. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, on top of that, yeah, just, I don't know. I don't know if companies are making gear smaller or I'm just getting bigger, but I used to be a large and I'm starting to flirt with the XLs and I got buddies that are mediums that are starting to become larges. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. It's the truth though, dude. It's the truth. (laughs) Yep. Uh, other than that, man, anything else on the uh, gear side of things that, uh, I don't know that you 
were super jacked up about in 2020 or 2019, or, you know, you're looking to unpack something and, and say, oh, I'm getting rid of this. I'm never going to use it again, or looking forward to putting some new gear in your pack for 2020. Not, not off the top of my head. The, my whitetail, my whitetail backpack was, uh, that was a good pickup this year. It was a mystery ranch treehouse. I, I absolutely love that thing. That was a great, uh, it was the most, most comfortable whitetail bow hunting backpack I've, I've ever had. So yeah. I've had that. I've had the Sika Tua bucket and I've had the Tenzing, uh, 2220. So, um, yeah, very happy with that. And I will probably continue to use that. So, and I am excited that we are sitting down with, with mystery ranch. And I know that you, you know, you've got your system all worked out for backpack hunting, but I'm excited for you to, to check them out and see what they're all about. Cause they're just not, they're not, uh, I mean, everyone knows about Kafaru. Everyone knows about, oh, what is it? Um, all people know about sick of backpacks and, and some other one there's oh, i'm trying to think of the other is it exo that's yeah, a real XO, popular yeah. one exo mountain gear yeah i just i just feel like mystery ranch is they fly under the radar big time and they have such a high quality product yeah so yeah well i'm excited to looking at some of their new uh their new gear as well so i think let's call it quits on this episode huge shout out uh to you man I uh, really appreciate you being the co-host on this and huge shout out to uh, everybody who's listening and who has, uh, you know, messaged us. If you guys have any questions about the gear that we use, um, hit Bob up on Instagram and your call sign is hybrid outdoors, hybrid outdoors. I am nine finger chronicles. Hit us up with questions or even better yet, hit us up if you guys, if there's a product out there that we really need to check out or you want to see discussed on this podcast or, or you know, with the ATA show coming up uh, next week, hit us up with a booth number that we need to stop by. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're a manufacturer who wants some exposure for your brand or uh, your products, hit us up as well. And we'll, we'll uh, definitely take time to come and check it out. Other than that, man, I think we're good to go here today. Happy New Year, Bob. Happy New Year to everybody, and uh, I'll see you next week, man. Sounds good, man. Thank you.